welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 125. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have a couple of beans on the line with me. So tonight we have Chewy. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. And we also have Cracker. How's it going, Cracker? Very well, thank you, buddy. Good to hear. You're back on the cast again, which means, uh, of course, there is some some sort of announcement or banning or new yeah, new format or <laughs> yep yep correct yeah new cards and uh, and new announcements. So yep. yeah, and, uh, one day that joke will get old because you're on almost every single week because there's always <laughs> always <laughs> yeah, one much. of those things. <laughs> Just about. So uh, yeah, a few things to talk about tonight, uh, as as there always is, and uh, yeah, hopefully. You'll have an enjoyable listening experience listening to our lovely tones in this uh, Magic Beans podcast. How's that for selling ourselves? That, that sound good? I, I believed sound, it. Sound <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 125 episodes in. Hey, maybe we should promote this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where we've gone wrong. That's why I'm, that's we're not full-time <laughs> podcasters and streamers. and <laughs> yeah. We just spent uh, an hour before the podcast of Chewy and I talking about our sweet streaming setups that we're working on with our sound walls and RGB lighting and that sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, we stream like once a month. But, hey, doesn't matter. I'm going to go all out with the, <laughs> with the streaming setup. It's going to look good. Yes, yes. When we do stream on that rare occasion, it will be good. And so you better be there to tune in, listeners, because uh, it's always a lot of fun. All right, we are way off topic already, gone, gone way in the deep end. So, Chewy, get us back on track with a, uh, a word from our sponsors. Absolutely. Uh, the Magic Beans podcast and our tournament series, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, later in the cast, is brought to you by the fine folk over at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Uh, they are a Facebook auction page with nightly auctions, primo auctions on the weekends, uh, where you can bid on physical magic cards as well as jump in first in first served on their win it now auctions. Well, win it now deals and. Did you guys see that uh, Pat announced a, a giveaway? There's a new Capenna giveaway, so jump over to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll direct you straight to the Facebook page where you can get in on the giveaway and bid on some sweet magic cards. And when you win, please tell them that the beans sent you. Very good. Didn't he draw that like yesterday? Oh, or was it a new done. one? <laughs> Either way. I, I think it's that yeah. he did do a giveaway. He always does one at the start of a new set. <laughs> Yes, either way, you should be there. You should be joining that group and you should be letting them know that the Beans sent you when you win an auction and pick up an absolute bargain. So always, always lots of good uh, prices on cards over there at the MTG Bazaar. So go and check them out. All right, Cracker, as we said, you're on the cast tonight. Mm -hmm. We have Mm -hmm. had one of those banned and restricted announcements that came out of nowhere. No one was expecting it. Yeah, surprise. I was going to say no one's expecting it. Plenty of people were expecting it, but no one knew that it was happening this quickly. So uh, what have we got? So in Explorer, Winota Joiner of Forces is banned and Tybalt's Trickery is banned. <gasps> Shock and horror. The arena, <laughs> arena effective date is tomorrow. <laughs> yes, not, not uh, today, Chewy. <laughs> yeah, well, I... Well, you know, it's, it says the 12th and today's the 12th is, in Australia. So, exactly. you know, give, give them a just, break. You know... That- if the US and, and the rest of the world could just try to keep up with us, uh, that would be great. Um, so I was saying to Shorty before the cast uh, that I got excited. So, like, let me do- wind it back a bit. I was really excited about Explorer, and the fir- I played nine games on day one of the format, just, like, best of one, getting a feel for it. Seven of those nine were against Winota. And I was like, really? Is this is this what this format's going to be about? And I, you know, had a bad first impression and I just went and played some standard. But then I got this announcement and I was like, oh, sweet. You know, Winota's gone. This format's going to be everything I hope it's going to be. So it ticked over five o'clock today, shut down Outlook, opened up Arena, three Winota matches in a row. And I'm like, can this banning hurry up? please. So <laughs> I uh, was a bit flat by that. So I, um, I'm i really happy to see this go. 
Uh, it's not like I'm overly, you know, losing horribly to an Oda. It's just a miserable play experience. And, you know, it's not a deck that excites me to play. I don't think it'd be a fun deck to play. If it's your thing, more power to you, but not, not for me. But it, nobody likes playing against it. So if you want a new format to be successful, get rid of decks that people don't enjoy losing to and call it a day. So... I think it's a really good thing. What do you guys think? Well, Cracker, give us the breakdown on like what Wizards have said, why they've banned it, and sort of how that's going to play sure. out. Because obviously this is our first Explorer-only ban. Uh, Winota is still legal in Pioneer. So give us the breakdown of all that. Same, same with Two Alts Trickery. Well, sort of. So they're, they're two different things. So one, they, they say Winota Joiner of Forces is a known powerhouse. I think they got that word wrong. <laughs> And should have said, known mistake. Uh, but <laughs> yes. anyway, uh, so basically what they're doing is they're banning it at the moment. So they're saying that it's clearly too good compared to the rest of the format because it's not fully powered Pioneer. So there are decks like Lotus Field Combo and Ascendancy Combo and, you know, like harder control decks in Pioneer that manage to keep Winota sort of in check. And so what they're saying is, they're only going to ban it for as long as necessary. So when additional cards are introduced into the format, they're going to check in as to whether Winota needs to remain banned. So they're, they're planning to unban it at some point, um, and they're saying they're going to reevaluate the position after the release of Dominaria United, uh, which is this fall. So I guess, what, September? Yeah, it's the, the next, set, isn't it? next set that releases for us here, which I think is right. September. Yep. Uh, and so, I mean, look, I like this approach. They've said that they're not going to do suspensions in Explorer and they're not going to do, you know, rebalancing or any of that sort of stuff. That's all left to historic. So it's either legal or banned um, with the intention of keeping them close to Real Pioneer, but with the understanding that that's not going to be entirely possible given the differences in the card pool. Uh, And you do get your wild cards for disbanding, which is good to see. Because wizards, wizards yeah, very just, easily could have gone, it's banned, but we're we, because we're going to unban it later. We're not going to give you wild cards because that that would I mean, definitely that be something like, they would do. The, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, that's effectively just suspension at that point, yeah, yeah, and then exactly. they're just rolling back on their own word. So it's nice to see that they've done it properly. Yeah. Uh, as for Tibalt's trickery, they've basically said this is a stupid thing that only happens in Explorer in Arena Best of One. It's not a real issue in Pioneer. So they're not actually planning on unbanning it. Yeah. Because it's it doesn't see play in Pioneer. Because it's just and I've heard different theories as to why it is, you know, people are incentivized to win really quickly. And I played on stream on Tuesday night and I lost to this deck on turn two. Like it just went, you know, land go, land go, zero drop, they cast a X spell, century something or other, I think it is. Yep. And then Tibalt trickery it and then Ulamog. flipped and Ulamog. <laughs> I and one. I had one land in play <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. My land is exiled. Um, I guess I'm just going to scoop it up. Once yeah. again, so. miserable way to lose. Like, I don't mind losing. I mean, it's just whatever. Like, I just didn't, I just didn't care. I went, cool. I hope you had fun, opponent. Nice game. And then, you know, like I just yeah, moved on with that. But that's, more stuff. that's what people yeah. are playing for. Like it, it is literally only getting played in best of one. It, it is not viable in best of three, which is why it's not a deck that is played in Pioneer. And it's just solely people trying to ladder up really quickly. Because like you said, you can yeah. you can win on turn two. and yeah, they games are, are over in 30 yeah, seconds. They either win way. or they lose on turn two or three. And then that's it. Yep. And then they just, yep, next game, next game, next game, next game. And that's just how you churn out 500 games really quickly and- you know, your win percentage is going to be 60% or something like that, and you're going to go up the ladder at a, at a reasonable I mean, rate. It only has to be just on 50%, right? Just over for it to yeah, be worth yep. your time. So, yep. anyway. Um, but but so back that to one's my point, though, though like, it's miserable, right? It's so, it is, yeah. Like, yeah, it's people just dumb. Are, like, like Cracker, you, you are slow to complain, particularly for a Magic player, right? Like, you roll with things pretty quickly. Uh, I'm faster to anger than you are and i'm still on the slow to outrage side of the magic playing public uh so a lot of people will feel you know you're not representative of of the majority of the magic playing public out there when you just go oh whatever we'll move on like people are genuinely 
grumpy and you know outraged and vocal about it when they lose to these types of decks and you know i've been like that with with winota whenever i'm playing you know 80 to 90 percent of my matches in a format against the exact same deck and it's a miserable play experience uh you know i've been vocal on our discord about that for example but you know you go to twitter or reddit and you know there are impassioned let's call them impassioned magic players that have been very very vocal about it and you know wizards rightly have taken that into consideration i think and you know just like you know play patterns for other decks in the past you know because of not just power level not just win percentage but play experience is now a consideration in in Bannix. and uh, I think that's a really good thing for the health of uh, of the game in in general. Yeah, for too yep. too many times, wizards have just like left cards in a format for way too long, and it just turns people away. So this this is good. Like we've had Explorer for what like two weeks or something like that, and straight up it's yep. like, yep, nah, let's get these cards out of here and and make this a fun experience for everybody. So yeah, very good to see. So, yeah, you will get, if you do have your Tibalt's Trickeries and your Winotas, you will get wild cards for those. But I, I'm not sure how it's going to work, though, because I'm pretty sure we've been given wild cards for Winota before. Is Winota banned in Historic? When Tibalt's Trickeries uh, yeah, banned in I tried something? Yeah, the I tried to craft them this morning, but the ban hadn't gone through yet. But um, I have So, to it says players who have Winota or Tibalt's Trickery as part of the in-game collection prior to May 12 will receive equal number of wild cards to the appropriate rarity for every copy they have not previously received ah, a yep. wild card grant for as part of the May 12 game update. If a player has crafted or otherwise collected additional copies bet- between format bands, they'll receive reimbursement for those additional copies. However, they do not replete multiple reimbursements. So that's how they're doing yep. it. They're just yep. checking if you're ready. Ah, yep. Good. That's, that's fine. That's fair. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I already got mine for Winota and I'm not sure about Tibalt's trickery, but yeah. Free wild cards. Like- yeah, which means that you can't recraft them, which I know is a thing that people tend to do when they're like, oh, quick, this card's getting banned. Craft them now so you get free wild cards and have them in your collection, which works. Yeah. Like it, it does It does but only give you once. effectively free cards yep. of that banned card. It's only but, useful if yeah. those cards are then going to be playable at some point in the future. So Tibalt's Trickery yeah. is unlikely to ever be playable again in basically anything. So you're just crafting the cards for... Fill yeah, it, filling out if, your collection look, but if if you're a winota fan and you haven't already crafted them like now is the time because you basically do get them for free yep. and it is very very likely that it will get unbanned yeah moving forward yeah, definitely i think that's certainly their intention so yep i agree all right so good to see and yeah like i said previously we will do a focused episode on explorer at some point in probably in the next few weeks once the you know the format starts to shake out that sort of thing and, and we get a bit more time under our belt uh yeah i've i've been playing a bit of explorer cracker yeah you streamed this week playing explorer mm-hmm. i streamed last week in explorer and yeah it's um it's a good fun format it's been fun. and it's yeah. yeah it's good to explore what is available to play in that format so we'll uh, we'll do Delve a on. deep dive yes. on that <laughs> how did that go for you cracker actually not bad <laughs> the delver deck is actually all right yeah in, in bronze it's not amazing <laughs> it's it's a delver deck like it's never amazing yeah. right but it's fun <laughs> It's never amazing unless it's in Legacy. And even then, it's yeah, no longer then really then a Delver deck. They don't play Delver. <laughs> They're no. just Ragavan decks. <laughs> DRCs. And- yep, yep. All right, cool. Anyway. Next topic. Okay, so this weekend saw the uh, the return of the ESL ANZ champs. So I think we spoke about this on the podcast a few weeks ago when it got, a- got announced that they were doing a new season with a much simplified structure uh there's four qualifier events and you play on the saturday play swiss rounds uh top eight qualifiers for playing on sunday where you play on stream and the top two from that qualify for their finals Uh, so after the four qualifiers there is a finals and uh, yeah you're getting your share of two and a half grand in cash and prizes if you make it to those finals so much simpler, much easier to understand, and uh, you know you, you no longer have that issue of really needing to play in every single event right from the start to um, to be able to get there in the end with the, the way the points were all set up. So fired off this weekend, uh, quite a few from the Beans community playing in this event, which was awesome to see. There was a bit of chatter in the Discord of people sort of updating how they were going, uh, a little bit of feedback of uh, like rounds taking quite a while and, and those sorts of things. So that's not ideal. I think they started 
at like 3 p.m. Melbourne time and it didn't finish till like 10 o'clock or something, which is that's a, a, a long time. Stu would have been well asleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah, no chance he would have survived. How many rounds were there in total? Do we know? Uh, it was seven rounds in in the end. Because yeah, so they ended up okay. with, ended up with sixty six players, which is an awkward number to end up with because uh, the 60, 64 players is the cap. You know, if you're sixty four players are under, it's six rounds, and then as soon as you go over sixty four, it is seven rounds. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> just just a couple of extra people bumps in for that extra round. So uh, yeah, it was a pretty diverse. Meta. There was a, a whole bunch of different decks being played. A lot of a lot of people sort of playing their pet decks and and things like that. Um, yeah, as I said, quite a few from the the Beans community playing various decks. But yeah, we had two people from uh, from the Beans community actually make it into top eight. So Linden or Elwall uh, also made top eight. He was a invitational competitor from from last year and regularly plays in our events. Uh, we had Penchair or Calvin L, who was also in our Discord. They actually made it all the way to the finals in the top eight and unfortunately lost, but their second place does qualify them for the uh, the finals there. So uh, congrats to them. And uh, and just old mate, always there, always at the top, always performing well, Rolling Royce, just missed out on top eight with Breakers. I think he finished on a five and two record and uh, that put him down in, I think, like 12th or, or 11th or some somewhere around there. At, uh, yeah, the, uh, the tiebreakers knocked him out there. So he's just always, I don't know, what, is, what does that guy, like, eat or drink? Like, he's, he's got to be doing something. He's just always up there. Magic cards, mate. That's what he does. <laughs> he just <laughs> blends just, them up I think and he just plays, and makes a magic card smoothie. <laughs> he just plays Flesh and Blood these days and then just randomly does really well at uh, magic tournaments. So. Now, what's, anyway, the, good, good what's the stuff that... You consume on New Capenna, that's like the ether, whatever it is. Oh, Halo. Halo. Halo, yeah, maybe he's onto that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do drugs. But not out of alcoholic beverage glasses, no, please. No, no, mm. no. I think it's I think it's the hair, that's what it is. If you've uh, if you've seen Rolling Royce he has some some very nice hair and uh, He has often... better hair than you and I, Shorty, that is for sure. <laughs> I think if you combined all the hair that you and I have on our heads, we still wouldn't have as much hair as, as Rolling Royce. No, no. There's a, there's a lot going on there. Enjoy anyway. it while you can, mate. That's my only <laughs> advice I can give. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, our top eight saw uh, two Jun decks, Jun midrange, which we'll, we'll probably be talking about a little bit later. Uh, three runes. So the runes deck has not gone anywhere. I think they were all Naya runes decks. Uh, yep. Two mono whites and one Demir control. So... Not a huge change in the metas that we've seen recently. You know, Mono White is is still the same Mono White, but I think it's picked up a, a couple of little uh, new things. The uh, the Runes deck hasn't changed. I don't think that's changed at all. And the uh, Jund midrange is basically just sort of your, your either green-black or red-black-based midrange decks, and you're just playing Obnixilis now. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of... I mean, if... if if you had have asked me to lay out a uh, an expected top eight for standard, I probably would have said that, and maybe you've gone two runes decks and one like is it you know be some sort of is it or or maybe Esper deck. Um, so that's sort of about what we expected. So the uh, the end result was uh, was Rotars taking it down with mono white, yeah, taking out Penchair or, or Calvin L from our uh, Discord. So he was playing runes or, or Calvin was. And, uh, yeah, Mono White taking it down. So did either of you guys get a chance to catch any of the coverage on uh, on the Sunday? No, I intended to. No, not for to, the ESL. But, no, I did yeah. not get a chance to. I was at your house, Chewy, so I know. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> so I intended to, but I had these guests that just completely understated <laughs> their welcome. Just and they, no, not leave. <laughs> no, you know, I just wanted him to come and help me lift some heavy things and go. Like, then, you know. I fed him lunch. Had Gosh. to give me lunch. And, yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, almost moved in now, uh, thanks to you there, Shorty. But yeah, no, I didn't yeah. get a chance to catch it. But uh, uh, they do do a pretty good job on the coverage, the ESL team. So it's a, um, you know, a, a good spectacle to watch if you haven't watched it. Uh, hang out for the next one. And uh, hanging out in the Beans Discord whilst it's going on, uh, is also pretty cool because you know a lot of people sort of sharing their experiences and dropping in between rounds, uh, and uh, people appreciate being cheated on, uh, so they come and hang out, and it's it's been a part of the community. It's really good. Yep. So get in on that. But um, yeah, I have you had a look? Have you had a good look at the Jund mid range deck? I 
I think this thing's pretty cool. And I went, I because it's not just like you know the Jun, sorry, the it's not just the Gruel Agro deck splashing uh, Obnixilis. It's it's actually like proper Jun, and it's uh, it's actually sweet. I just don't have the rare wild cards <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to to play it, but yeah. uh, it's definitely something I could um, build towards. If a deck like this is good, then um, I pretty excited by that you know it, it's playing all the good cards right so. yeah well you've been playing a bit of jund i think in standard as well and, and i mean i've been playing uh, like through our last league i played either like green black or um green black splashing blue for uh, tamio but yeah basically playing sort of similar to what these lists are playing well i've been playing a more aggressive jund list i've basically been yeah, okay. playing the the you know, Magda uh, and chariots and things, and uh, just and Goldspan dragons trying to get people dead as quickly as possible, but going trying to go longer with Obnixilis. But this this deck, you know, is playing you know five mana planeswalkers and more removal and yeah, know, it's less which aggressive. Is, which it's is truly more truly more in line with what I've what I've been playing. So, yeah, yeah, I've, like I've been playing Meathook massacres and Lolts and Seekers chariots and. Yeah, that's that sort of stuff. So, yeah, like we're seeing, uh, yeah, like four four Obnixilis in these sorts of decks. There's, there's a couple of different versions in in this one. Um, one. One of the versions is running the like tenacious underdog, which is the two mana three one that you can sacrifice to to Obnixilis to get a, a three loyalty Obnixilis, and then you can play it from your graveyard later on. Um, whereas the other version that we're, we're sort of seeing in this top eight, you're playing like prosperous innkeeper and and that type of of uh, value. But uh, yeah, uh, both lists playing Fable of the Mirror Breaker. I think uh, we saw who was it Hemsey at, uh, mm. at our last league finals mm-hmm. with the the Mardu uh, deck. What what did we call it? it was Spicy Orzov? Yeah, it's it Spicy Orzov. Yeah, that's Mardu the one. deck. Yeah, um, yeah. Sort of that, that was the first time I'd really seen someone put that uh, that card to real use, and now we're starting to see that card being played all over the place, and and even looking at uh, like. Uh, Pengier or Calvin L's runes deck playing for Fable of the Mirror Breaker in uh, in the runes deck as well. So yeah, that so card really seems to have uh, have come just does come into everything, it. man. Yeah, yeah. The 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 chap the chapter that I found actually the most impressive is the second. So yeah, you know, yeah. The, credit- the filtering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the rummage yep. right is yep. is really really good. So when I'm playing the the aggro deck, the aggro slant of jund you know discarding you know lands that you don't need or you know creatures that are outmoded trying to find a removal spell or a planeswalker or a chariot uh is really really powerful and that's part of the subtlety of the card that we now understand i don't think we really grasped uh when we first looked at the card but you know making a 2-2 that makes a treasure is fine for 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 three mana and then the uh, the filtering we kind of glanced over and got excited about copying our big stuff like Goldsmith yeah, Dragon, but which is what Hemsey was trying to do in in his lists. Absolutely, and it's it's awesome. And I've copied Goldsmith Dragon, and it's really good. Yeah. Uh, or I've copied the um, the tokens that you get off Renin Seven, and you know, like it's it's a powerful thing, but none of that is really possible. And what really tips the card over the edge for me is the, uh, is the rummage ability. Yeah. I I think the third chapter has really sort of become like gravy. It's like, you know, the first you you get a body out of the first chapter and a treasure. And then, yeah, the second chapter is filtering and that's where all your value is from your, your three mana. Then if you then happen to be able to copy something, two turns later because you've got to hit the third chapter and then untap with the creature to actually do the, the copying, uh, then then that's great. But either way, you're getting two bodies out of the, the one card and you're getting that card filtering and a treasure. So it's, yeah, it's it represents a lot of value. And actually looking at the, the rest of the lists, the, all three of the runes lists are playing Fable and Mirror Break. And I, I, I didn't know that that had become a standard thing. So there's what one, two, three, four... Five of the top eight lists are all running three or four Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Yeah, it makes sense in the runes list because it's an enchantment, so you get the the enchantment payoffs from your one and two drops. It gets cheaper with your uh, the 
guy playing the flute, his name <laughs> escapes me, the green white guy. Um, True kind naturalist. The yes. naturalist, that's the, the one. Guy yeah. The flute. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, you know, and it helps you find, you know, the rummage ability helps you find more runes, which, you know, or helps you find that key piece like your Runeforge champion or whatever it might be. So it's uh it makes sense for it to go in that, you know, given it it, it is an enchantment. And there's lots of fun stuff to copy. Like sometimes you copy Goldspan Dragon, sometimes you copy, uh, you know, Runeforge Champion, whatever it might be, and just get sort of incremental value. But you know, because copy Runeforge Champion, go and get a rune because it's come into play and things like that. There's a lot of you know little value plays like that that you can make with the deck, and uh, it's it's a powerful effect. Yep, I don't think it's going to be going anywhere. I think uh, that that card is going to be used in a multitude of ways over the next couple of years while it's in standard so i'm sure there'll be uh, a few more decks that pop up and we'll go oh man that that deck that card's you know it's it's we're getting troublesome but i think it's it's not you know a worrying spot and it is uh, it is just a lot of value so it's yeah good to see and it's a red card so no don't we don't ban red cards there Tell you what, there's a we wombo just combo with this one. And Winota. Like, they're two red <laughs> yeah. cards that got banned right now. Uh, you mentioned Tim- it before, Timbal's trickery is a blue card. Oh, okay. Masquerading <laughs> is a red card. And, and Winota is Boros. That's not red. And Winota's just a mistake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Cracker. Uh, card that's really impressed me, Tenacious Underdog. Yes. That thing is an absolute house. Yep. Turn two, three, two... Like, that's just a lot of pressure. And then when you start blitzing it and it dies and you draw a card, that's insane. So, discarding it to the Fable of the Mirror Breaker on Chapter 2 is, like, just pure upside. And then, you know, you just get to do keep keep looping it back. Yeah. It's it's super impressive. So, sacrificing it to Nixless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get a big ob. Sure. But also, yeah, it's just a good aggro card, right? So, it lets you... It lets the mid-range decks pressure control decks uh meaningfully and it also gives you the the longer game you know by you know being able to cast it from your graveyard so yeah and and draw cards and all the rest of it it's just very good really is i've been watching quite a bit of standard actually so i haven't been playing much which which is kind of how i normally engage with magic certainly at the beginning of formats i tend to just try and catch a bunch of streams or you know youtube videos and things and see what people are doing it feels like ob has really settled down in terms of people saying oh it's broken it's the next oko it's like it it doesn't feel like that to me is that how you guys are seeing it at the moment as well like it's a very good card but it's like if you look at its matchups against like mono green and a few other things it's actually not the oppressive card that everyone was doom saying it to be yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing from. I, I haven't played any standard at all for right. since it's my last league match, I think. Um, but I, obviously, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so that's I'm hearing that. Yeah, a lot of people are like, yeah, look, it, it can be powerful and it can uh, it can be annoying and, and a little bit frustrating sometimes, but it's it's not unbeatable. And what I'm hearing from most people is uh, we'll sort of get into a little bit later as well. But the the format has become very very mid range heavy, you know, planeswalker focused and and things like that. And so the discarding that Obnixilis is forcing you to do is is not actually a huge problem because you've just got like just every card that you're playing these days is just generating value for you. So it's you know gone are the days where if you were forced, you know, if someone mind rotted you and you had to discard two cards, like oh well now I'm just dead. There's no chance I can win this game because I'm just so behind on on card advantage, and that's just not not the case anymore. Like so many, you know, Fable of the Mirror Breaker is two you know two creatures and drawing cards and a treasure like it's it represents three permanents for three mana you know seeker's chariot is three permanents for for four mana and more you know if you get to attack with your chariot and planeswalkers do a, a million different things so i don't think it's as as much of a problem as people thought initially so that's that's what i'm hearing what have you been seeing chewy well i've been playing it and let me tell you about a game i lost turn one Yaspera Sentinel, turn two, Magda. Turn three, Goldspin. Right, pretty good. Turn four, I sacrificed my Magda to Obnixilis and then played, uh, followed up by an Asikas Chariot. And then I was copying 
of Nixilis copies with a Seeker's Chariot every turn and making them discard and making devils and all the rest of it. And I lost. So as powerful as... What did you lose to? Uh, a giant flying lifelinker that was bigger than right. my things. And okay. that trampled <laughs> as well, right? So right. Uh, there are answers in the format and anything with keyword trample is is a pretty yeah. good one. Yeah, mono, and, mono green with a bunch of trampling creatures seems to be a pretty good answer for uh, for Obnixilis and same with runes because yeah. it's, it's not that hard to get trample on your creatures. Yeah, and the health check that I, I would put on to Ob is... Can do I put this into every deck that can cast it, and does it make the deck better? Like, do I just play this card and win? And the answer to that is no. Like you said, it's a good card. Don't get me wrong; it's it's won me lots of games as well. But it's not like I resolve this thing and the game is it it it's a piece of a puzzle. It's not a you know a, a massive cannon on its own like you know, Liliana might have been or Five Minute Teferi is or things like that. Like it's it needs to be a, a piece of a larger puzzle. So it's not a uh it's not the blight on the format that some people were expecting. Uh, I agree with that. It's very good. You know, you should be aware of it. Should certainly be playing it if that's your thing. But don't expect to, you know, cast a turn two Obnixilis and just win every game from there. Because that's certainly not the case. You can't. I think that's but, one of the things you but, can't cast it on turn two in current standing. There's no one mana accelerants in the format. I don't think. Or, 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 or on turn three. Oh, there's Yasser Sentinel, but that's not not going to be enough to cast. No, it but that's a yeah. On turn two. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that was one. But like, this is awesome. Yeah, just just as a quick aside, like that was one sure. of the issues back with Oko. You know, we when Omnixilis was previewed, we compared it to Oko. You know, three three mana planeswalker, really hard to get off the field quickly. That sort of thing. One of the big issues with Oko at the time was you had, I think we had Lanoir elves in the format, maybe, but we definitely had uh, goose. goose. And so you you were playing Oko on turn two, and that's where it became. Uh, an issue because it was it just represented so much advantage so early in the game that it was just really hard to deal with so that not having that one manner accelerant means you're not getting off to such a quick start so anyway what were you gonna say Craig? i just think it's excellent that like it's it's not the thing that everyone was expecting it to be like it's a three minute planeswalker and it's good but it's not like invalidating everything else and like the lists i've seen i've been watching a bunch of like croakies and other people as well and they've gone from playing you know four of ob never cut it to being like well like sideboard games i can cut it maybe i'm only playing two now and so there's like this give and take in standard it seems like it's actually in a really good spot at the moment which yeah, is awesome agreed agreed yep all right, so you mentioned so that, that was the ASL event you you did mention you know watching croakies croakies did also have yeah. a uh a standard event on the same weekend, which I'm not sure. Uh, 257 players we, we had in that one, so a bit bit more. But um, do you want to give us a bit of a run through cracker on what we saw in that event, and, and we'll sort of see how that metagame shakes out and what we think of it? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of Esper control, a uh, bunch of Jund mid range runes, Racto sacrifice, mono white, mono green, Orzov mid range, Orzov angels. I mean, that's just another mid-range deck. <laughs> and then some, some Jeskai combo, which I'm assuming is just... Mid-range, 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 mid-range. And, and then the combo is some people are still running around playing um, Hanada decks with yep. um, the big uh, eight-mana spell, which I forget what it is. The one uh, where you magnet, can target multiple opus. things. Uh, but there's opus, also the, the, the Jeskai combo decks are also the uh, the Goldspan Dragon with that white card that copies that's basically got uh, yeah, Storm. Yeah. Gotcha. Whatever sure. that one is. Yeah. So that's that's something that you do see on ladder every now and then as well. But you know, I think it's just a worse Goldman Dragon deck. But you know, it's got a combo finish, so it probably finishes games a bit earlier. But yeah, I uh, a lot of Esper, a lot, a lot of Esper, and uh, looks like this uh, was yeah, one there's good reasons Esper why. <laughs> Have you seen what, a what card called <laughs> Rafine Scheming Seer? <laughs> do you want to read that one out so for that, everyone because uh, i will read it for you yeah it is white blue black 
for a legendary creature, Sphinx Demon. It's a 1-4 with flying and ward 1. It says, whenever you attack, target attacking creature connives X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Draw X cards, discard, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature for each non-land card discarded this way. Dude, the turns that I saw, I actually watched a bit of this, um, I was watching a bit of the top eight on Sunday night and some really, really interesting games, but Rafine is just a house. Good grief. One four with ward one. And then you like, you untap, you've got counter magic or removal spells and you just draw so many cards just insane how many cards you turn through and your things get huge like i saw these things running around as like five nines or whatever they were like they were just massive and just valuing everyone into the ground it was super impressive but there's also the the support cast here is yeah you know really really good as well like kaito proven planeswalker wandering emperor arguably the best planeswalker in standard uh if not probably it's lolf uh so uh you know playing some very very powerful walkers uh it's got tenacious underdog and fairy vandal for legitimate clocks as well and tenacious underdog when you're discarding it to the uh connive is really really you know it's just value and fairy vandal turns into it's like the memes going around at the moment is it's like better than tamagoyf right <laughs> like <laughs> It gets Not big quick and doesn't it care does. about your graveyard. <laughs> exactly, and the uh, and then it's got some you know some interaction with you know obscure interceptor, vanishing verse, duress, uh, you know blood chief's curse, four of Meathook massacre. Because you know your your creatures scale so quickly, they get so big. You know you can just meat hook away your opponent's board and just yeah wipe away all the small stuff and leave all your big stuff it just rebuilds so fast as well that's the other thing like i I would see people regularly just like you know wrath themselves just take a bunch of damn you know gain a bunch of life kill a bunch of things and then just pop off like you know you just start making wandering emperor tokens or you know spiders or or whatever like it's just super impressive and the other one like you said then chewy the um obscure interceptor is is also really really strong you know just bouncing a thing back to hand and the fact that it can't get duressed in mirror matches and stuff like it makes you know like there's a surprising amount of flash in this deck between that and you know wandering emperor and a bunch of your like removal spells and stuff so yeah you can kind of play you can transition to like a tempo game kind of in that mid to late game which is really interesting so you apply a bunch of early pressure with you know like early Rafines or early tenacious underdogs and then you kind of just sit back and go all right answer you know like do something and then you just yeah it's it's deck seems really good to me and also cracker the the, the reanimation package of all of the looting the conniving and then no priest of oblivion sure well. just getting getting stuff back because and then you've got all seeing arbiter sanctuary warden as you know if you if you happen to hit them and discard them and you know it's a cute little package there they're you know castable at six mana six mana five fives and four fours respectively but uh yeah playing them off uh a null priest of oblivion uh is uh is pretty gas as well so uh yeah. you know taking advantage of all of that looting that's going on is, is pretty cool from what I'm hearing yeah, from if, a lot of if people, I had sixty wild cards, I'd play this deck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The um, the connive ability is is something that most people seem to have undervalued in previews, and and you know we obviously spoke about it, but I don't think we sort of really expected it to be as good. And it, it's, I guess, if you actually stop and and reread it, you, you you kind of understand why. Like you are literally like looting. Always loot has you're, always you're been the thing we've said, you're, right? You're, you're drawing and discarding for free in, in a lot of circumstances, but then you're getting benefit from that. You know, you're filtering, as, as we are sort of talking about before, with um, with the Fable of the Mirror Breaker, but you're getting extra benefit from that by putting counters on your creatures and they get big quick. And then when you've got other things like Fairy Vandal that are also triggering off of you drawing extra cards, like it's it's just all value. And then like you guys said, you know, you, you're able to return the cards that you're discarding from your graveyard. So it just adds up really quick and that, that amount of value. And, and we've seen it a million times, you know, cards like, uh, what was he called? Jace, the, what's Baby Jace? What was he called? The 
the two mana one where you're just looting every turn. You're just, just filtering through your deck and, and finding the cards that you need and putting cards in your graveyard so that you can, you know, back then it was like you're able to delve things or, or you know, that the card gets used in reanimation decks and things like that. It's, there's just so much value in being able to filter through your deck and put cards in your graveyard that you can reuse later. So, and then on top of that, you're getting counters on your creatures. So it's just, just represents so much value. The other thing at the moment, just along that line, is there's actually not a lot of graveyard hay kicking around standard no. at the moment. So these kind of synergies get to run around kind of unchecked. We're, we're missing things like we had... Um, oh, I've gone blank. Soul Guide Lantern was the most recent card that can springs to mind. It was like really good. You know, one mana, enters a battlefield, exile a card, and then you can pop it later and, and kind of clear a graveyard out. Like that sort of interaction is necessary to to keep some of this nonsense under control not that it would like no, kill this deck by yeah, any means and but like the fact the that you get to like snag a, an underdog or you know like one of these big reanimation targets yeah. is like it just it, it, this thing hits on every axis yeah and that's that's what i was gonna say like that's if you take out the graveyard you know you you, you play leyline of the void your favorite card cracker and oh, yeah. you, you know you, you're working well, with no graveyard you're still getting the connive you know, the counters from the connive because it's mm-hmm. when you discard a card, you, you're getting the counters. So you're discarding it, but it's going straight to exile. I don't think that matters. I'm pretty sure you still get the counters. Yeah, you're still and, discarding it. Yep. Correct. Yeah. And so you're, you're still filtering through your deck and you're still getting the counters. So you're still winning on two axes and yeah, the, the one of being able to reanimate stuff from your graveyard is gone, but your opponents also played a ley line and probably mulliganed and kept a hand to to have that ley line and they're not actually shutting off your deck at all because you're playing on so many different axes. So. And next minute you're making, you know, an unblockable ninja with Kaido and conniving and it's enormous and, you, you know, you've got a very, very fast clock. <laughs> yeah. An unblockable 6-6 yep. or something ridiculous. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. So, like, sort of looking at the Crokies tournament, uh, we're looking at um, MTGA zone, which has, like, the, the meta breakdown and the the win matrix they have listed esper midrange and uh, esper tempo as two separate decks uh, but if you actually look at the lists they're very very similar in the list i'm not really sure what the differentiating factor is there but the esper midrange deck that they've listed has a 43.1 percent win rate but the tempo version has 56.9 so i'm i'm not sure what's gone on there and and sort of looking between those two lists i can't really there there are small differences but i can't really see like they're they're still playing rafines and they're still playing tenacious underdogs luminarch aspirant is the one that leaps out at me in the tempo deck yeah yep it's just being lower to the ground and legion angel is the other one that they're playing as well yep but i I wouldn't see so the the mid-range versions are playing the fairy vandal that we were just sort of talking about Mm -hmm. that's you know the the New Tamagoy, allegedly, um, whereas the tempo versions, yeah, they're playing Luminarch Aspirant. I would have thought Fairy Vandal would be better, but I, I mean, I haven't haven't played the deck, so I don't know. But other than that, they're effectively the the same deck, so um, just some some very minor differences. So I'm not I'm not sure. Obviously, you know, we don't know how they do their reporting and all that sort of thing. I'm not really sure um, how that goes, but I think that's a definitely a one of the top decks that uh, that's going to be floating around a lot at the moment. So you're going to need to be prepared for that deck. Uh, what else are we seeing here that's you know looking strong? We've got Nia Runes again that's that's had a good performance. Same same thing, 56.9% uh, win rate, and uh, it was pretty high up there on the, it, the metagame share. It didn't really share. get anything, did it? it just, I don't it think so. The, apart from, you know, um, Fable, but that's not well, from that, this. No, it was, was not from this, yeah. So I don't think they picked up anything. But, no, I mean, they, the got a, they got a land great. in the... Um, Oh, sure. Non-triome, triome. But I think that's basically all they got from uh, from this set. So, But, I mean, it, it was just already a, a strong deck and can just sort of win if it if it goes unchecked. What else are you seeing? Like anything else popping out to you in, in these sorts of lists, Chewy? Uh, the Jeskai deck that we spoke about earlier with the Goldspan Dragon Show of Confidence uh, has got a uh, surprisingly high win rate higher than I thought it would have uh, in this tournament at uh, just over 60%, um, which is, yeah, really interesting. So, you know, it was only played by a small number of players, but uh, had a uh, had a had a good win rate. So I don't know whether that was, you know, a team or, you know, people that were just dedicated to the deck. 
but uh, yeah, that certainly jumped out. But the um, yeah, the the aggro decks with like really low win rates, you know, mono green, thirty seven percent, you know, just surprisingly low win rates. And the Rakdos sacrifice deck, I've never been a fan of that uh, in um, in the current standard. I've played a lot of the green-white enchantment decks, and every time I see a red-black land, you know, on an anvil, it's like, okay, oh, this is this is a buy. Uh, it's, uh, you know, and they, you know, below 45% win rate in this event. So I I would not recommend playing the Rakdos Sacrifice deck in uh, in standard at present. It got some, you know, un... Uh, it got some okay new tools uh, with Capenna, with the new human that lets you draw cards and things like that. But uh, yeah, I think the power of the format with things like runes and these control decks and, you know, the Jeskai combo, uh, the nickel and dime chip damage value decks uh, kind of getting squeezed out a little bit. You, you've got to be a little bit more direct you can't afford to be the smaller mid-range deck like it's just it's the worst place to be yeah because you don't you know like you've got an okay matchup against like mono white or something i i assume right like that's just a guess but maybe they just go too fast for you but yeah as soon as you sit down against like jund or esper like you just don't imagine on the spot exactly so i i I think if i was going to give a recommendation of what deck to play like the esper control deck uh, or the um, you know the Esper Tempo deck or whatever they've called it um, is probably a good place to start. But I think you either want to be really really low to the ground and really aggressive, and mono white is is I think the best place to be with that because you've got your disruption with your stapled onto your creatures. And, yeah, exactly. Like you've got you know your removal spells are also two twos in Brutal Cathar. You've got Thalia. You've got three one flyers that you know take their best card, so you're progressing your game plan with aggressive creatures whilst disrupting them. So you're not spent, it's, you know, you're not casting a removal spell to kill their creature. It's it's also adding to your clock. So you either need to just try to get under things like that, or play something that is more combo esque, and that's why we've seen the Jeskai combo and the Naya runes decks you know, as the, like, creature-based mid-range decks doing really well, or you you be the control deck. We've got a defined format already, so we know what we're controlling. So, yeah, playing a control deck is a uh, is the way to go. So I see this format becoming like a classic rock-paper-scissors format with a, a little sprinkling of combo over the top where we'll have the Esper control decks or the Esper mid-range decks, uh, the 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 more mid-range, you know, Orzov type decks or the green-white enchantment type decks, then we've got as the mid-range and then we've got the the hyper-aggressive mono-whites and then every now and then you run into a combo deck to try to spike people out. But I think it's a really healthy place for standard to be. Yeah, it's, a, it's in a good spot. Like I said, it's that rock, paper, scissors and, and what you tend to see in, in these sorts of formats where currently we're in the the mid-range phase of, of of this period of standard where the mid-range decks are the, the big dominant decks and, and what happens is the mid-range decks just get into an arms race where they, they try and be the bigger, stronger, like more top-end mid-range deck and so that's where the, the Rakdos decks get squeezed out because they're the, you know, the, the small ball mid-range decks. The, they go bigger, they go bigger, they go bigger, and then over the top of that comes the full control decks because they they then really know what what they're targeting, and you know you see some some real full on control. I don't know if we've quite got because we don't have uh, like Aaron's Epiphany anymore as as that like real top end control finisher anymore. We're we're sort of lacking in that, so we we may see that over the next couple of sets. But then once you get to that point where control is then taking over, that's when we start to see the hyper-aggressive decks come back in. And that's where, fingers crossed, Mono Red comes back in. You know, we get a few more cards that we need. And then they, they put that real pressure on those control decks by just being super fast and super low to the ground. And then that all starts rotating around again. The, you know, the, the Mono Red decks start losing to the mid-range decks as they come back into popularity. And then the control comes back and so on. And, and that's... That's the signs of a good format. That's that's what we want to see because it's not, and it's also not just we've got an Esper deck, we've got a mono white deck, and we've got a blue white control, and that's it. 
there's a whole bunch of different variations on mid-range and control and, and a couple of different aggro decks, and, and that's that's good. <laughs> that's, that's what we want to see, which is kind of good because we're going to be in this standard for, what, four months <laughs> until we get the new set. So, yeah, it's a long time. Uh, yeah, hopefully they've got it right and uh, and the format ends up well. So I obviously we've got our league that's about to kick off so you know quick quick plug and, and reminder for the new Capena league which actually fires off so we're recording thursday night the live draw is friday night so in in 24 hours from now the draw will be done uh, so if you're not registered for that get in on that now as soon as you listen to this podcast uh yeah the live draw on the about nine o'clock uh melbourne time on friday the 13th uh, with yeah, five hundred bucks in prizes, in cash, and then uh, various other prizes to sort of go along with that as well. So get in on that, play the round robin over the next few weeks, and then we'll do the the final stream uh, a couple of weeks after that. So I need to figure out what I'm going to play in that, and I, I think I'm just gonna, as I said, sort of take my green black deck that I've been playing and put some obnixiluses in there, and. Uh, and see how that goes. My other thing I'm thinking of doing is just sort of rolling back out the Izzet, uh, you know, a bit of Izzet Dragons, maybe get the uh, the eggs back out and some some uh, Goldspan Dragons and just sort of see what we can do there. But, yeah, I don't, I, same as you, Cracker, I don't have the, the wild cards to play the, uh, the Esper decks. I, actually, I don't even think I've got the wild cards to play Jund because <laughs> I'd need to get a whole bunch more lands. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, what are you leaning towards, Cracker? Uh, I mean, I've got the Izzet deck built. The card that I think is most interesting to adding to that is the Ledger Shredder. Um, oh, yeah, yep. I think that's, that card's I, seeing a lot of, like, modern. Huge and- to play. Like all legacy Pioneer, and stuff like apparently yeah. to legacy and even in back into vintage. Yep. I don't, I don't know whether that's like an actual thing that people are doing, but apparently there's some people running around doing that. So again, connive. You you know it's yeah. a two mana one two that connives when you cast your second spell, so it's really easy to to trigger. It gets a plus one plus one counter. So and yeah. whenever I, I think a, I, um, a player, so it triggers a few opponents. Cast as two well. spells. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm pretty interested to seeing if there's um a spot for that or whether it needs to be more controlling i don't quite know yet but it given what i have access to it it'll be something along those lines yep what about you cracker uh, chewy <laughs> just said <you>, cracker <laughs> what about you chewy to play is it um <laughs> oh wow I'm add I that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i I am undecided at the moment, honestly. Uh, I really like the idea of the Jun mid-range deck, but yeah, like Cracker said, it's a it's an arms race at the moment. So uh, I'm probably going to stick with something aggressive uh, and maybe some um, some something with Goldspan Dragon. Is, is where I'm going to start. So it sounds it's like we're good. all playing Goldspan Dragons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the card is still nuts. Like, everyone's obviously really interested in playing all the sweet new tricolor things, but Goldspan is still just an absolute yeah. house. Like, people are sick of it, and I, I understand that, but it's real good. And getting Meat Hook to six mana is um, tricky. Yeah, so you, yeah. you can usually yeah. raise that, which is, I think, the biggest problem, the biggest pressure on the aggro decks in the format is just... Meat Hook is a very good... Meat Hook is possibly the best card in standard. It's, it's also worth like a hundred bucks. <laughs> it's a lot of money because yeah. it's very, very good. And it's played, played in, in every format. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at like the, the meta breakdown from the Crokies uh, event. And I think the only deck that's playing Goldspan Dragon is the Jeskai combo deck. So we're all here saying, yeah, I'm going to play, I'm going to play, is it? And it's just not even a, a factor in the metagame. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll have to make it a factor and, uh, get people to pay attention to Goldspan Dragon again. We'll see how we go with that. So yeah, league kicks off tomorrow. Make sure you're in on that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Always is. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll see us streaming some of our matches over, the next couple of weeks so that's it on standard we'll probably check in on standard again in a couple of weeks see how things are going once we've been playing a bit more and and as the meta sort of starts to shape and uh, yeah we'll see how things are looking and and if things have turned around or if it just goes back to a uh obnixilous format and everyone's screaming for bands again uh last thing to mention is uh something that's near and dear to your heart chewy and uh and what is that in the uh, form of the arena open 
Yeah, so Limited, which is, uh, if you've not played the New Capenna Limited format, you are missing out. It is a very fun um, environment, both draft and sealed. But uh, yeah, the uh, the Arena Open is uh, happening this weekend, and it is exactly that. So the usual entry fees, which I think is north of 20,000 gold or 2,000 gems or something, um, and day one is sealed, and then day two is going to be draft, which is, you know, uh, real custom draft pods on Arena. This is a step towards that, which we've been looking forward to for some time. So uh, get in on that. I unfortunately won't be able to play. I've got kids' birthday parties and a wedding uh, on Saturday and Sunday. So um, I'm very keen to hear how the Beans community go in that but uh, I won't have opportunity this time around, which I'm a bit sad about. But, um, you know, you know, I had kids, so it's a price I pay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, are you guys going to have a chance to sleeve up some sealed? I mean, I'm going to be at your house on Saturday again. <laughs> All right, and, then and, I'm, then... And, then I'm, and then I'm running another stream on Sunday. <laughs> so, no, I will okay. uh, I will not be able... And, and I haven't played any limited on no, uh, of this format, and I don't think you have either, Cracker. Nope. I, no, I, know, uh, I know, obviously, you have Chewy and Stu's been playing uh, quite a lot of limited, and uh, the, the, the limited channel has been going off in our Discord. I know, like, Jay Mudd's been... Playing limited flat out as well as, as a, a whole bunch of other people. So, yeah, seems like the, the limited format is quite a good one. I had and, a 7-0 uh, last night. 7-0 mm, in sealed. In sealed, yeah. Good work. Pretty good. Yeah, it's just racking up all those gems. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's always a, a good event, these arena opens. So make sure if you're keen on limited, you get in on that because, um, yeah, you can win up to two and a half grand in uh, in cash if you make it through to day two and get those uh, seven wins i think it is to to get the cash on uh, on day two so yeah two and a, uh, eight wins it is now so eight wins gets you two and a half grand seven wins gets you two grand six wins gets you one grand and then there's a bunch of gems for uh, all the the rest of the stuff down there so that's a lot of cash you know, play play a game magic a, a day of magic get yourself two and a half grand and that's us as well so that's about 50 grand australian at the moment so <laughs> it feels that way <laughs> yes all right so yeah if you are playing in that good luck all the best to you and yeah make sure you're posting in our discord to uh, to give us updates on how you're running don't forget as always if you do make it to day two there is that two hour window where you have to like register for the event that will be in the middle of the night for us here in australia so you know get in do that you can go back to bed for a couple of hours but as always don't leave your matches too late especially like the drafting side of it because you do need to be in a pod with eight people what you don't want is qualify for day two and then get stuck not being able to fire off a draft or not being able to play out all your matches and and just ending up short of the cash so um yeah it might be a, a bit of a late night for for those who make day two but yeah keep us up to date with how you're going and uh, yeah, good luck in that. So, yep, last reminder, don't forget New Capenna League tomorrow, Friday, live draw. We'll be streaming us three and Stu will be live on stream. And uh, Cracker, you got Teferi's Puzzle Box ready to go? Oh, yeah. Just got no names in it yet? Uh, no, but there's 40 names I've seen that we have to print out now. So that's good. <laughs> yep, good numbers. But, I'd like uh, to make it a few more. Yeah, not, not quite what we hit the last time. So, uh, yeah, get in, get in there and register and tell your friends about it because uh, they're always a lot of fun. It's free and there's a bunch of cash you can win. So get in on it. All right, usual wrap-up. Uh, yeah, if you want to be a part of our community and, and talk about all the awesome things that are going on and, and get the support and feel the love when you're doing well in tournaments and things like that, the best place to do that is in our Discord. So the link for that is always in the show notes. There's also a link in the show notes for our merch store. You can go and grab some Magic Beans hoodies, T-shirts, playmats, cups, mugs, cushions whatever there's a bunch of stuff on there that you you can get so go and check that out any money that we get from that which is not much but any money that we get from that just literally goes straight back into the prizes that we give out from all of our events we don't do not make any money off of doing uh, the podcast and the streams and things uh, speaking of money people that give us way more money than they should is josh and pat's mtg bazaar they support the magic beans tournament series and the podcast and everything we do and and supply the the bulk of the prizes that we give out to to you awesome people so go and join the facebook group just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au that'll take you straight through the group you can join up and then get in on their daily auctions 
You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. All those places we are Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast. So just search us up and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there. Good luck in uh, in the Arena Open. And we will see you all next time. Bye.